You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And oh my god, I apologize if you guys hear the cats in the background for this recording. They, they... have literally been the clingiest cats for the past like three days, and I can't figure out why. Like, they... I, I'm okay with it, because I, I like it when they're like clingy and they want affection. Like, I'm happy to give it to them, but like... Not right now, for like an hour, just chill out. Just chill for an hour, or also like while I was editing our other podcast, and like anytime I'm getting ready for work... <laughs> They've just been super clingy, and they're currently outside of the door right now, meowing like crazy. So if you hear them, don't worry. We're not neglecting them. They're just clingy. They're that clingy. <laughs> yes, they, they they really are. And like, can't I can't figure out why. And I feel bad for having to abandon them. We've done everything we could to distract them, like we usually do when we come in here, but it's just not working today. You're very sweet kitties, but not right now. Yep, they're just... <laughs> Today. <sighs> they're just really they're really into today's topic they heard what we're going to be talking about and they really just wanted to so uh today i am doing something a little different ish kind of we're talking hmm. about clerics okay and the reason i say it's a little bit different is because as i was kind of trying to figure out what i was going to research and what i was going to do i looked back at the original white box set was reading through some of the bits and pieces and was kind of looking through, and I thought it would be a really cool idea if we went through, I decided clerics in this case, to see what has changed and how they kind of advanced from where they started to where they are now. So literally following a class from edition to, to edition from the original white box set to modern day. Yes. Like literally what we talked about on our first episode. So like... What we, what, like, I'm sorry, Travis, I, I understand, because I've thought about doing this for classes before, and I thought it was a little much for me to do that particular week, but, like, you're literally describing what we do. I, I, I'm just, like, it was just funny to me, the phrasing, because, like, that, like, if I remember that actually kind of falls into, like, like, literally our first episode description. Like, this is... I'm not, I'm not calling you out. first episode was Archlich. First no, of all, no, 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 like, no, no. Like what we talked about is like something we would do, like our prim, like our premise, ah, one of for, the basic episode yeah. premises. Yeah, that but we... that was forever ago, and new listeners might not know that if they haven't listened to it. Listen, I'm, way, I'm not it's... calling you out. I'm just saying it was funny to me. The phrasing was good. I liked it. It's a nice callback. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just pointing out that that's what we do most of the time. Okay, so clerics in the white box set. I'm yep. ignoring you guys now. Okay, so. In the white box set, first of all, oh my god, reading the white box set because I have no fucking clue how chainmail worked and how the rules for that go. It was hard to decipher some of this shit. I can imagine. It's like reading ye old. 
Middle English. <laughs> yeah. It Where was... it's like you kind of understand it. Like you, you understand most of the words, but put together, you're like, uh, it just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I understand all of those words separately. So I apologize in <laughs> advance that there are things that I say that are not actually how it's supposed to be in the white box set for those that know. It's just what I was trying to figure out on the way. Clerics are one of the very first classes that were introduced. Right. They were part of the three book white box set that was including fighting men and magic users. Oh yeah, back in the day. The day which which you would say is allegorical for fighters and then like all all, mag- all, of them. all magic users were like under one. There there wasn't a difference between like arcane and divine or sorcerers and wizards. Sorcerers and wizards. It was just magic users and fighting men. And clerics and rogues? Mm, nope, it was just fighting men, magic users, and Thieves clerics. These were an occupation, I believe. Yeah, I think they were okay. like a weirder occupational... Hazard. It's weird. <laughs> um, but clerics gain advantages from both fighting men and magic users in the sense that they can use magic armor and weapons, and magic weapons, and they have their own spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, they could not use any edged or bladed weapons. Oh, okay. It was all blunt, blunt, bludgeoning. Trauma. Yeah. So there was no edged weapons, basically. So they used like maces and shit like that. Yes, okay. maces, flails, stabs, okay. probably. I don't know why, and Their this fists. is probably not even at all accurate, but it kind of reads to me like an early version of multiclassing. Kind of. It was just like a built-in multi-class? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, how Pathfinder had like, um, and I don't know if any other edition had this because I don't, I haven't looked that thoroughly into it, but Pathfinder had those hybrid classes that were basically multi-classes that were pre-built. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they could use more magic items than fighting men class could, I guess. Each class was... Um, what's the word? Restricted. Restricted to how many magic items or what kind they could use. I suppose that makes sense. So clerics could use more than fighting men class and probably about equal the amount of magic users. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually really cool. So the levels of progression in the white box set were slightly different. You had different, like, and I didn't write the whole list, but just thinking you had different ways of progression. Like, say you started out as a commoner. Right. You level up, you could become, like, a noble, a king, or basically kind of like, mm-hmm. as you leveled up, you went up this... Social ladder. Social ladder. It wasn't just, like, an actual physical level up. Right. So when clerics reached the top level, they were called patriarchs. Okay. Okay, so like uh, the the head of like a... A religious... Yeah, yeah, I've heard that word used in that context. Yeah, like a religious church or order. Okay, so I remember in the early, the earlier editions that women, that female characters were restricted in uh, what they could and could not be. Am I to assume that in that case that women couldn't be clerics? You know, I didn't read anything about it, so I'm not actually sure. That might be something to look up, like, later and just yeah look into. Because that's really interesting. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. is like, when I say I've had this assumption, like, I didn't have this assumption because it was, like, the 70s or whatever. But I had heard that that was the case. Right. But 
I haven't done enough research into like classes from like white box era to actually have like tangible like because if I'm if I remember correctly, female characters could not be fighters in the white box. I don't know for certain, but I think that's how it was. I believe you're correct because I remember us talking about this before. Yeah, and I don't even remember if it was talking on recording or just us talking. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. But unfortunately, none of us can pull from, you know, chapter 24, section 2A, paragraph 3, and like, sorry about that. Yeah. If we're wrong, but... And if we're wrong, just let us know. Yeah. So whenever they reach this patriarch level, they could opt to build their very own stronghold. Yeah, I've heard about these too. And when they decided to do this, they would receive help from above. So Hmm. basically help from their god. Their god. By doing this, this help caused them to basically be able to gain a stronghold worth double than what they spend. So if they're like, okay, I have 100,000 gold, I'm going to buy the materials and the workforce and everything to build this stronghold worth 100,000 gold, they would actually be able to get one that's worth 200,000. We will, we will match your donation dollar for dollar. That's literally how gold. it reads, yeah. <laughs> or I guess how it listens since I'm not reading this. But yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Uh, For some reason, it reminds me of, like, how some places will have, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Um, Well, if you're a man of God, we'll uh, give you a discount, you know, for priests and pastors and stuff like that. (laughs) I don't know if that's a thing everywhere else, but it's, like, a huge thing in the South. Yeah. Yeah. And after this castle, stronghold, whatever they call it. Cult compound. Cult compound. (laughs) Because you said the word stronghold and I was immediately like, your high level cleric can start a cult. (laughs) Well. That's what that said to me. Actually. Oh no. Oh no. After this is built, faithful men will come to the castle and are fanatically loyal to you. They will serve this cleric at no cost. Did you say cult? Here's a cult. (laughs) I mean... And that's probably like, that's probably supposed to sound good because it's sort of like, it reminds me of when we talked about um, like Oriental Adventures. I know that this is the case for like very standard D&D and older editions. Right. But like if you were a samurai and you were high enough level, you could get Ronin or, you know, you could get like other assorted employees. And it's probably just supposed to sound like that. Yeah. But when they say fanatically loyal, they are fanatically <laughs> that loyal. That, that's bad to me. That oh my god, Dragon Age Inquisition rips Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, uh, that's boy. a <laughs> oh no, we can't get too deep into that one. Nope. But... <laughs> so we're just gonna continue on. Uh, a patriarch cleric could receive between ten to sixty heavy cavalry units. 10 to 60 horsed crossbowmen, and 30 to 180 heavy foot units. Okay, again, you have to remember this was built so like, off of Chainmail, which was a war game tabletop. Right. So it was kind of just using those... That terminology. Terminologies for these things. But basically, they could gain a lot of people for their stronghold. An army. <laughs> an army, yes. An army, you might say. And an army for your cult. <laughs> It does note that clerics that are of 7th level or above at this point are either law or chaos. Yeah, because, yeah, they were required to be one of the two. You can have neutral clerics. Yeah. And that there was a very sharp distinction between the two of them. So Mm -hmm. if a patriarch receiving the benefits from 
one switches sides and suddenly goes from chaos to law, they immediately lose all of those benefits. Yeah. So it would literally kind of like, kind of be like, I'm trying to think of uh, an analogy in like a more modern Dungeons and Dragons. I guess like if you converted to like different domains. Yeah. Or or um, if you're like a warlock and you piss off your patron and you can lose your... Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, that's more to do with, like, the individual powers that you possess, I guess, as opposed to just your... Societal... Well, is it... Okay, to say uh, if a cleric goes from law to chaos, they lose all that, is that just their external... Like, is that just they just lose their stronghold and their people, or do they, like... Lose, lose their powers. powers also. Um, they probably lose both. Okay, so it is a combination of a divine reaction and a social reaction. Okay, that I mean that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. no, me too. It, it, I do remember it saying that they lose their followers because their followers at that point would have been like chaos, and since they suddenly their leader suddenly became law, they'd be like, "Yeah, we're done. We're not." And they would just following leave. Following this guy. He wants to follow the law. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> now, clerics with castles would control a territory like all on their own. And this would allow them to receive, I think it's pronounced tithes. 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 Equal to 20 gold per inhabitant per year. Jesus. For their territory. Wow. So, you know, if you got to that level, you could just pretty much rule this little territory and be good. Okay, so that means that each person makes 200 gold a year if they're giving their 10% to the church. Fun oh fact. God. <laughs> um, they only had access uh, up to 5th level spells, but one of my favorites from this is called Finger of Death. Oh, oh, oh my boy. God. So instead of raising the dead, which was a whole other spell, this spell creates a death ray, which will kill any creature unless a saving throw is made. The range of it is 12 feet. This is before they implemented the whole five-foot increment thing. It was yardage, right? Um, was it yards or was it four feet? I, I don't actually remember, but I, I think... I don't remember, but it's before they realized that people understand five-foot increments better. A, yeah. a yard is three feet for anyone who lives in a sensible country that uses the metric system and doesn't know that. God, you're so lucky. We get it. It's stupid. <laughs> Um, God, I wish that were me. <laughs> it specifically states that a cleric type may use the spell in a life or death situation, but misuse will immediately turn him into an anti-cleric. Anti-cleric? Yeah, apparently anti-clerics were a thing in this too. I didn't look into it because there's a lot of stuff I have to go through, so I was just like continuing cleric? on. I, I think anti-clerics lose like... All their abilities. They might get like new abilities, kind of like anti-paladins do. But what are anti-paladins? Yeah. I don't know what anti-paladins are. That's I thought a I, I whole thought whole other episode. I thought I was <clears throat> anti-paladin. You are anti-paladin. <laughs> I didn't know and they were anti-paladin. Is kind of like a former paladin. I think now they're it's called like Oathbreakers. Oath yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anti-paladins were from like their early the earlier edition. editions. Oh, okay. Three, three point five Pathfinder. Yada yada. So the, like they they lo do lose their powers, but they gain additional powers. I don't know if that's how that works for anti-clerics, but like that would it would kind of suck. Although I could see White Box doing this because it was very unforgiving. It would kind of suck to like have this character and make this like decision and then suddenly you're useless. Yeah. I mean, the 
It would be up to the DM's discretion, which, by the way, not called a DM in the white box set. It's called a referee. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a referee. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, where, where do you referee? My house. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Projectile Dysfunction. I'm your referee, Travis. Yeah. Okay, I expect you to show up to all of our sessions now wearing a ref's uniform. Wearing your ref's uniform. Please do, yeah. I'll think about it. Okay. So we're going to jump to Advanced D&D First Edition. Just kind of falling down the line here. I say jump, that's literally... We're taking a step. In this edition, it was required that a character had to have a minimum wisdom score of 9 to be a cleric. Which is not that hard. Or 13 if it was a multi-classed half-elven cleric. Which is harder. Which is weird. Like, you're a half-elf, but you can't be a cleric unless you have a higher wisdom than than a freaking half-orc, by the way. Yeah, it, it does It does feel a little bit like, why were they specifically singled out? Yeah. Because, I mean, half-elves are so cool and so great that they have to, you uh, know, they have to oh They have boy. to nerf them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I will say the, the multi-class aspect, that does make sense to me, that you would need a higher wisdom to mul- to do two things at once. Oh, yeah, and no. And have cleric be part of that than to, for that to just be your baseline class. No, that, 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 that makes sense that, to me. That's what makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense is the fact that half-elves were specifically singled out. Yeah, it was I mean, only half-elves that were singled out here. Yeah. Now, the kind of cool thing that I find interesting but also a little, like, overpowered in first edition was that if a cleric had a wisdom score higher than 15, the character added 10% to the experience awarded to them by the referee. Oh my gosh. That's So like a cleric would be able to bypass the rest of the party in levels just because of this extra 10% experience gained. I wonder if other... That's where the 10% is. That's the type. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder wonder if other classes had that for different... Attributes And it's possible because I didn't look into it, but if not, then holy shit, clerics are OP. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's also for people who use real experience points and not milestone. But <laughs> Yeah, you know. I don't think I have ever been in a Dunces and Dragons like group, group that, that has used experience. Yeah, or like it used either. it so strictly that that 10% <clears throat> would actually be meaningful. Right. Yeah, I haven't either, but you know. It's there just in case. It's that's an interesting it is. factoid. And and I know that there are lots of people who do like experience. And, and like that's it. fine. It's just I personally have always participated in in instances that use milestone. Yeah. Oh, um, something I forgot to mention in the white box set, which doesn't have anything necessarily to do with clerics so much as I just find this kind of funny mm-hmm. and bizarre. When starting a campaign and creating characters, the players don't roll for their ability stats. Oh, I don't like that. The DM does. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, excuse you, the referee. I'm sorry, the referee does. And the referee would roll it and be like, okay, your highest score was strength, so the best thing you could play would be a fighting man class. They didn't have to, but it was kind of like, this is what I rolled for you. Sorry. Oh, okay. Now that Because be... there was no rolling set amount and then assigning the attributes however you wanted it was, okay, for strength, I roll 3d6, you get four. That I don't. Li- I don't like that at all, that, that one bit. And that would definitely be one that, like, even, even if I was with having you do that, I would want you to remove the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I rolled all ones for your stats. Wow. So weird. 
It's weird how that doesn't even make sense rolling 4d6, but it happened. Wow. Right. Wow. You should just play a... Oh, no, it was 3d6, wasn't it? 3d6. Okay, it wasn't yeah. 4 and drop the... No, yep. it was okay. just 3d6 and three, you take but... what you get. Okay. Well, you would still make... <clears throat> you would still roll a 1 somehow. <laughs> Excuse me, I would still roll a 1-1 one, one somehow, even though I'm not physically doing the rolling. Okay, so... Um, continuing on in first edition. Right. Uh, it goes on to say that a high strength and constitution are desirable as well as a good dexterity would be beneficial. So it's like, yeah, you really need a good wisdom score, but also you really want a high strength and a high constitution. And maybe some like high dexterity would probably be a good idea. It's so like, really, <laughs> you should just be good at everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, you need to calm down. Um, but but you can be as stupid and, and uncharismatic as you want. Exactly. Oh, so I would be a perfect player. <laughs> Taylor! I'm sorry, it was right there. Taylor, you're very smart and you have average charisma. Thank you. Um, they have a D8 hit die per level, so now we get into... A hit dice has been... Implemented. Implemented, and it's a D8. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, it stays a D8 for the rest of time. At this I, point. I think so, yeah. I think most classes are a D8 hit die. Barbarians are a D12, and let me tell you guys, it's great. Congratulations. Um, they are dedicated to, you know, a certain deity or even several deities in, like, certain cases. Now they can be in the alignment except for true neutral, depending on the deity that they serve. They have so, to take a stance. Yeah. They can be true neutral, but whatever your deity's alignment is, they can go with. Um, they have their own holy symbols now, and they're still forbidden from using edge weapons or pointed <laughs> weapons, which shed blood. That's literally what it said. Well, I mean... I kind of like that interpretation. I mean, I do too, but on the other hand, like, is it illegal for you to use... like? Because you can shed blood with a blunt force weapon. So, like... Yeah. Like, if you bash someone's teeth out, there's going to be blood. There will be blood. There will be blood. It was kind of funny. It it is funny. It's just... It's funny that that's where the line is drawn and not, like, try not to draw blood. Yeah, I I think that's kind of... it, It feels very... It feels very appropriate for a class whose whole steez... Is protecting life, usually? No, who is based in, like... Their faith and religion. Oh, yeah. Which could very easily come with really specific, weird, like, oh. I don't know why this is like this, but it says it is, so yeah. I can't use a sword, sorry. Yeah. Like, I guess it would be kind of seen like a using a blunt force weapon would be seen like, yeah, you accident- accidentally drew blood, whereas a sharp weapon would be like, that's oh, what you fully intend to draw blood. Yeah, that's what you, that's what it's made for. Not to mention, and I don't know how much of this I am using correctly because i've like this is literally just an outsider perspective but like a lot of like early religions and pagan religions and stuff like that that would that have influenced dungeons and dragons religions are blood is like big and a a big thing and sacred if not done right if sacred and taboo depending on the use like so it would make sense to me that blood is Mm -hmm. in that sense it's not something that you fuck around with. Yeah, it's the most important fluid. Yes. <laughs> wow, you guys went way deeper into that than I thought sorry. you were going to go. Sorry. I'm um, sorry. It's okay. Humans that are clerics are the only ones that have unlimited advancement levels in this. So if you're Level another 99. race... Yeah, if you're another race, you have, like, an advancement cap. I didn't look into what those caps were, but you Makes have an sense. advancement cap. Um, they start gaining... 
followers when they reach level eight, as long as they establish a place of worship. Okay. I mean, you know, a building that has all the necessities for worship, basically. Can't have a sword, but you can have a cult. But you can have a cult. (laughs) Um, They do still have the ability to construct a stronghold at level nine. Same basic principles as in the white box set. It costs half as much as it would normally due to religious help. Right. Um, The surrounding territory, if it is cleared and humans dwell there, they receive nine silver pieces per inhabitant per month in this one. Jeez. Oh, so they're only making, they're making 90 silver a month. So I think the the economy's taking a little bit of a hit (laughs) between white box and AD&D. Yeah, it takes a little bit of a... A little bit of a Let's blow talk about there. the economy. <clears throat> Let's talk about the Dungeons and Dragons economy. Mm-hmm. Taxes. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, jumping to second edition. Uh, in this one, it states that clerics are generally good. True. But now they can be in the alignment as long as it fits their religion. Which I believe is pretty much how it stays until now. Pretty yeah. much. That one kind of is just like, a okay, this is working. We're going to keep it that until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they have a cap for wisdom, or not a cap, a minimum requirement of wisdom, which is they have to have a minimum of nine. Yeah, which is the same. Yeah. Yeah. As the general requirements. So that's still kind of one. rolling here. A cleric with a wisdom of 16 or more gains 10% bonus experience. Hmm. So, so even in second edition, it's like, hey, you gain bonus experience if you have a wisdom of 16 or more. Woohoo! Um, they're still limited to blunt bludgeoning weapons. Still can't shed blood with sharp weapons or pointed weapons for whatever reason. Um, this actually states that they receive their spells as an insight from their deity. So now we have a specification of... Where they come from. Where they come from. Basically, preparing spells is kind of like the cleric praying for the spells that day, and the deity gives it to them. Okay. Hey, I really need to be able to set something on fire today. (sighs) I think I can do that for you. Okay, thank you. All right, fine, fine. fine. But you're going to have to pray extra hard next time. (laughs) This kind of added, like, an interesting point that it said, you know, if you abuse these powers, your deity could just take them away for, like, that day. So like you're I, grounded. So yeah, it's like I granted you this power and you abuse it. So now you just can't cast spells. How about that? <laughs> Petty deity. I love it. Grounded. I thought bitch. you needed it for a candle, but you set a fucking forest on fire. So no more fire, no more sacred flame for you. No more fire for you. <laughs> They're granted power over the undead now. They're generally charged with defeating them. They gain turn undead. But if the cleric is evil, they can use it to bind the undead to their will instead. Ooh. So depending on what kind of cleric you are, you can either turn the undead or force them to... Obey you. Obey you and fight with you. Which, let's face it, if I was an evil cleric, that's what I would do. If you were an evil cleric? Shh. They don't need to know our secrets. No, Travis owns too many swords to be a cleric. This is true. (laughs) At least in second edition. (laughs) Um, they gain a fanatically loyal group of believers at level eight, kind of the same thing as long as they build a place of worship. Um, this one does actually state that if the player wanted to, they can start building this place before they gain the eighth level. Oh. <laughs> and when they reach eighth level, then they'll get their followers. But if they finish it at like level six, 
It's just going to be it's empty. It's just going to be an empty place of worship until level eight. And then suddenly all these people are like, oh, hey, we're your cult now. Hey, you should always start building your cult stronghold early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just because you want to make sure now. that you can. <clears throat> so you, you want to make sure that you can fuck? <laughs> you can you can fuck in your. Whoa. You can defile your church before it's actually a church. So it's like, OK. Or is it really defiling it depending on. What, what kind church of church is used for? Well, yeah, like dep- a, well, oh, depending wow. on what kind of god you follow. Yeah, you know, Ooh. like if you're a worshiper of of D and D Dionysus, then it's like you <laughs> should fuck in your church. Weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should party in your church more accurately. I know. Drink lots of wine and have lots of really good sex. Yeah, really good orgies specifically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in this edition, specific spells from deities is introduced now. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it matters more who, who you worship. It has right. more more day-to-day consequences for your character who you worship. Well, eh, it has I mean, more it has more combat consequences. For yeah, it, it has some different consequences and depending obviously on like what the DM decides Priests and clerics of certain, like, mythos can, may only be allowed access to, like, certain spells. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of depends. But they've now introduced that. This is the thing that I found kind of weird, though. Uh, spells fall under certain spheres that a cleric can be granted major or minor access to. Huh. Instead of, like, domains, they're spheres. Oh, like, um, if anyone else took... Uh- AP World History in high school. We talked about the spheres of influence in China for like right, 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 two right. weeks. So that, yeah. I mean, that that makes sense. Like yeah. the language is just a little weird for D and D. Yeah, like as especially when you're used to domain, domain, which objectively makes more sense, but sphere doesn't not make sense to me. Right. Um, having major access to them. Gives them the ability to all of the spells as long as they are the required level. Minor gives them access to only third or below of that specific sphere. So are are these spheres completely analogous to domains? So is it like a sphere of travel, a sphere of yes, they're good pretty much domains. Domains. Okay. So here are all the spheres that it listed. You have all animal, astral, charm. Combat, creation, divination, elemental, guardian, healing, necromatic, plant, protection, summoning, sun, and weather. So, like, different from the selection of domains that we have nowadays, but, like, the same concept. It's the same, like, concept. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like, uh, you know what, never mind, I'm not even going to say that. I hate that phrase. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I want to know what the phrase is now, but... Yeah, well, how about this? I'll tell you during our break. And that way, so it's not on recording because no one needs to know. I mean, now everyone's going to be really curious. Good. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to our cleric episode. Hopefully it's been enlightening. (laughs) I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to stop, do our usual thing here. Uh, if you like our podcast, please consider, uh, contributing to our Patreon at Dungeonpedia. There are some tiers available. We're still working on some of the, uh, bonus episodes. Content is hard, especially when you still work full-time jobs and stuff. But we're, we're, we're finding the time to do it and plan it and get it taken care of. But even if you do like the $1 tier a month, that would be great. It would just help us to... Maybe cover costs and stuff. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, right now we are operating at a net loss, but 
a net fun game. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We'll, Either way, we'll we're workshop having fun. It. We're having a great time, yeah, and we really appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to contribute. Just if you feel like if it, you want go for to. it. Yeah. If you enjoy it, and you can. Uh, if you enjoy our content, you might also be interested in checking out our actual play podcast, Projectile Dysfunction, which you can find on Twitter at ProjectileCast. Dungeonpedia is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, all at Dungeonpedia. There you can follow us, repost interesting stuff, teasers for each episode, Pictures of us doing dumb shit. Pictures of the dumb shit we talk about. Just lots of dumb shit. Please we, follow. Like, we're not advertising it well, but... If we happen to end up in our local hobby shop and we're looking at more minis that we probably shouldn't buy... Shh. But <laughs> uh, Travis also does a wonderful job because for the most part he runs all of those. And uh, he he's very active on Twitter. If you want to interact with him, that is... Honestly, the quickest way to get hold of him. Yeah, you are 99.9% of the time talking to me. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, just want to talk, you can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you listen to us, you can subscribe to get notifications of new episodes. And also on any platform where it's available, we would really appreciate it if you would rate us and leave a review. Those are very helpful. And also, the most important and most helpful, even more so, yeah, is to tell your friends if you have any friends, family, coworkers, whatever that you think would enjoy what we're doing. I know they exist. They have to. We can't be the only ones. <laughs> we can't be the only people. But yeah, just let them know about our podcast. Big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And I think that's going to be it for our clerical stuff we have to take care of nice <laughs> thanks it was good it was good thank you so with that back to the actual clerics all right so um travis explained why he hates phrases that happen to be similar to the phrase or slash word similar but continuing on continuing on we are going into third edition shocking i know in 3rd edition, this is kind of when we start seeing everything get a bit more organized to, like, the general layout that we're used to. Right. Like, like religion. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. That didn't land the way I thought it would. Uh, the joke was organized religion. <laughs> so, god damn it. In 3rd edition, this is when I first saw the phrase of divine magic. So now they're classified as masters of divine magic. As opposed to arcane magic. Yeah. And their spells usually represent, you know, that of their chosen deity. Uh, they are no longer limited to only using blunt and bludgeoning weapons. Yay, they got swords now. Yay. Uh, now they can use all simple weapons, which include, you know, daggers, swords, sickles. Well, like short swords, I think. I yeah. think long swords are martial weapons. I think so. Yeah. So short swords. At least as a fifth edition they are. What have you. They can actually use bladed weapons now. Quarterstaffs. I'm proud of them. Let's just Yay. list all the simple weapons. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. I actually, like, almost started typing them all out, and I was like, wait, no. Why am I doing this? stupid. I was That's like, stupid. delete all of that. They can wear armor, and this is the first that I saw, anyway, of it mentioning that armor interferes with arcane magic, but not divine. So now we have that kind of separation of wizards and sorcerers can't really wear armor, but 
clerics can because right. there's a difference between divine magic and arcane magic. Yeah, which I feel like the uh, the caveat is always that it apparently interferes with the gestures required in somatic magic. Yes, that's or, pretty much it. Yes. Somatic components. Yeah. yeah. Gestures. Which is kind which of is strange because stupid. clerics do still have somatic components to their spells. Yeah, it's like, so what's the truth? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the, the, the truth is that they wanted spellcasters to really be bad at something. Yeah. And be and unable like, to wear balance, armor. I understand, like, balance is an important thing. And, like, uh, if your spellcasters aren't squishy, then there is literally nothing stopping them. Exactly. But it's just one of those things that if you examine it too closely, it starts to fall apart a little bit. Yeah. You just yeah. kind of have to... The only thing that I can really say that I can kind of understand is when you look at arcane magic and the fact that their spells with semantic components are cast because of their precise movements, mm-hmm. whereas a cleric probably doesn't need the precise moves because their energy and power comes from the god rather than the components themselves. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of different interpretations as to like... How it maybe moves through a person or whatever. Yeah. That's not specifically outlined. Whatever. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> Clerics get armor. Clerics can get armor, but also they're like a hybrid spell casting melee class. So mm-hmm. like they need that extra protection. They, <laughs> they need to stay alive <laughs> so they can be the last person standing. Or and cast re- zone of truth. <sighs> <sighs> okay, I was wondering how long it would take. Um, so they still have the freedom to be in the alignment, though it is stated now that people tend to worship more good deities than, like, neutral or evil ones. Because, I mean, yeah, you know, you're you're looking for something to help you get through the day. Right. And, and something good will probably do that more for you than something evil. Probably. Probably. We probably. don't know. Not but- for all people, though. But also it does specify that this is also because lawful is more well structured than like chaotic is. So it that, makes yeah, that makes it makes sense. a better organized religion. Right. It's also worth noting that maybe for someone who doesn't know a lot about gods in D D, is that most of the time your alignment doesn't have to match the actual alignment of the deity. Like Ilustray is chaotic good, but she accepts wait. I actually have something about that. Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, that was going to be... I just wanted to, to establish that that's how it actually works. And it's not just like your deity is lawful good. You have to be lawful good. Yeah. So it actually stated in third edition that they can be one step away from their deity's alignment. So if the deity is lawful good, they could be neutral good or lawful neutral and still fine because they're just one step away. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I know in, in some... It is, like, stated specifically that... Certain alignments are not accepted. But, yeah, but some of them are, even if they're a step further away. But I know that that's how also it works in, like, 5th edition? Uh, I believe so. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm doing that thing (laughs) where I, like, try to jump ahead to clarify a point. No, I mean, that was literally my next step in my notes. So, like, you kind of just hit it. Okay. Good job. Um, <laughs> Where, like, I'm just trying to clarify a point for myself, but then I'm, like, blowing something else up. It does anyway. say that clerics may not be neutral unless their deities are specifically neutral. So clerics can now be neutral, it's just you have to have a deity that, that is, is neutral. also neutral. Okay. That makes sense. 
And in this one, in this edition, clerics can actually be more devoted to like a cause or a source of divine power rather than a deity itself. Okay. So you could choose to be devoted to like just a cause rather than a deity. Or just you like could... a general cause of like law or... rather than a lawful deity. Okay. Or you could be a Kuatoa cleric and worship a rock. Yes. Or that. See our episode on Kuatoa. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, Kuatoa. In this, they are now officially ordained by the church or, you know, whatever religious organization they're a part of. Right. But they're now like clerics are seen as officially ordained which was just kind of a little tidbit that I hadn't seen before, so that was kind of cool. So previously, you couldn't just, like, find a cleric to marry you. <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. But also, probably. Yeah? So, uh, like, your, your, your party cleric couldn't marry you, but now they can. Yeah. <laughs> so now you can be just married by your party cleric if you really want to. Oh, that's romantic. Get married on the road by your... Battle-tested compatriot. Aw. That's yeah. kind of cute, actually. That is actually kind of cute. Aw. Okay. Um, all <laughs> races have at least, like, some form of cleric, but it says that most of the crusading or adventuring clerics are humans and dwarves. That makes sense. Yeah? I mean, given that a lot of the time in any given campaign setting, humans are probably the primary race that's, like, manifesting their destiny everywhere. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense that their <laughs> clerics would be, like, the proselytizing type. Yeah. Worship my god, he's the best! Sort of like real humans. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, well, these were actually kind of based off of, like, crusaders and, like, old medieval religious orders. It was... Doing the crusading thing. Yeah. And that was actually, like, specified in, I think, first edition. Yeah, that, like, yeah. It actually kind of went into detail about some of the, like, Templars and the crusaders. Oh, and I yeah. was like... As cool as that is, I just can't really squeeze all of that in. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, it's like, if you've played Assassin's Creed, you get you, you know, you know yeah. everything about the Crusades. <laughs> I'm and, definitely being serious. Yeah. Yep. But definitely. like, I've played Assassin's Creed, so like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so among savage humanoids, Oof. the savage ones that are, you know, like goblins and... Oh, I thought we were like on savage humans, and I was no, like, savage human noise. That's that's why I specified like we're looking yeah, at the yeah, yeah. different things that are considered humanoid. They're just I just misheard you. I was very confused yeah. for a second. Uh, clerics are less common. This is for all of them except for troglodytes, Aww. because troglodytes apparently take very well to divine magic and are often led by priests. Yeah, I think I've I've read that somewhere now. Their priests make a practice by uh, <clears throat> um, uh? sacrificing and oh, devouring I mean, captives, but, you know. I mean, that's, like, that's fine. They are savage humanoids, so. It's whatever. I mean, it's fine. It's I'm... fine. It actually specified that clerics will sometimes clash with druids because of a separation of, like, the old and more primal relationship between the mortal and the divine that the druids follow. Right. Oh, okay. So, like, clerics don't like the fact that druids still hold to, like, these old primal ways. So they don't like that they're just, like, objectively a lot cooler. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I don't hate clerics and I don't hate paladins. <coughs> I, okay, That's untrue. I for real don't hate clerics. I just think that that... I was calling bullshit on the paladin part. Okay, yeah. I don't... 
I don't hate all paladins. I just hate paladins as a concept. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would. I enjoy a well played out paladin. I right. just joke about them being hall monitors. I'm sorry. No, you're not. So there's no minimum requirement for abilities anymore to be a cleric. Though it does specify that wisdom does help to determine how powerful and how many like spells the cleric can cast. So, yeah. Well, it's not required. You should probably put your higher one into. Yeah, unless you yourself are just a really lucky person who always rolls really well. Yeah. Which yeah. I am not. So. Me either. I don't know anyone who really is, honestly. If you are, I hate you. They do, however, throw in the little uh, tidbit of you have to have a wisdom score of 10 plus the spells level in order to be able to cast the spell now. Yeah, it's like that in uh, 3.5. Yeah, so um, they've introduced that now for this because it's like you don't have to have a minimum requirement, but if you want to cast the spell, you, you have do, to have yeah. a higher yeah. wisdom score to do it. I mean, I played an intelligence-based character, but it's the same thing. Right. Uh, the hit dice, still a d8. Like I said, that sticks kind of throughout the rest of the time here. Yeah. Domains are now a thing. Rather than spheres, you do have domains. They gain their domain spells after selecting the deity, and uh, two domains that their deity is over. Right. Mm -hmm. They introduced starting packages for different races for the different classes in 3rd edition. Available apparently. for download for $7.99. <laughs> what are starting packages? So Travel domain starting packs. The starting packages were were for whatever race you were going to be, and they included pre-picked armors, weapons, uh, one feat, a bonus feat, a deity and a domain, some starting gear, and some starting gold for whatever race you were going to be of that class. Oh, huh. so it's kind of like uh, they do that now with pre-made character sheets, don't they? They essentially do that, right? Yeah. I th yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fifth edition has that the, as a thing, but... There's a specific term that I'm forgetting, but they're basically like pre-made characters. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and so they kind of introduced starting packages, which was kind of cool because I never really thought about the fact that that's probably why we have them now. Mm -hmm. It's because they were such a, such a success then. Yeah, but the difference is in this one, in 3rd edition, you couldn't pick between, like, a sword or something else. It was, you pick this starting pack, you start out with this armor, this sword, this feat. Right. Mm -hmm. It was more, this is what you get. Yeah, which, I mean, I would imagine that's especially a very helpful tool for, like, if you're running a one-shot. <clears throat> so then you're like, oh, you can just be this, you know, elven cleric with a long sword of... Fucking Ilustray likes long swords. Right. Or bastard swords, excuse me. Yes. Whatever. Bastard sword. Which is such a good name. <laughs> it is. I, I, I loved when that was like a thing in like a fantasy game as like a kid because it was an excuse for me to say a cuss <laughs> and have it be like, well, you had to say because it's a bastard sword. It's not some other kind of sword. It's yeah, a bastard you, sword. You, you, it's not like you can't avoid saying the yeah, cuss. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to say, say the cuss. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now we're going to get into the one that doesn't exist. <laughs> Which one is that? I have no memory of it. Exactly. It's fourth edition. It's fourth edition. Yeah, I will forever hold my grudge against fourth edition. And clerics don't really change my opinion oh, on no. that oh, no. at all. Because, oh, my God. What did they do to clerics? Okay, so 
Starting out, um, there are two basic builds to start with. Okay. You have the Battle Cleric okay. and the Devoted Cleric. I mean, this is this part's fine. It's okay. This is whatever. The Battle Cleric, obviously, strength is their primary stat because they're going to be more the, like, melee-focused. Yeah, because it's yeah. always been a component with Clerics is that they're more physically suited than other casters. Yeah, fine. so this one focuses more on... Hitting things. Hitting things and, like, using your... Divine power, more or less, just to like beat the hell out of things. <laughs> you're you're like a buff. You're like a buff yourself, cleric. Yeah, which is kind of strange because it says that wisdom should be their secondary and charisma their third, but not constitution. So that didn't hmm. necessarily make a lot of sense to me. But you know, whatever. Whatever. Um, they have suggested feats, skills, at will powers. And here's where you lose me. I oh, know. I think we lost you at 4th edition, yeah. but go on. These are new in 4th edition called Encounter Powers, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every I've... fucking class has them. Yeah, these are... This they is... can be used once per encounter, <laughs> and they are renewed on a short rest, and there are fucking daily powers. You know, same thing, once per day. Every class has them. Now every fucking class has the ability to cast these goddamn spells when they really shouldn't. Except for, I decided to look a little bit, it's not called a spell or a power for a fighter. It's called a fucking exploit. <laughs> but it is, like, but mechanically the same thing. it's literally mechanically the same thing. <laughs> that's a It that's gives a them word. some sort of, like, advantage or extra bonus damage or something that they can use. And I'm just like, why? That's such a poor word choice. Like, they might yeah. as well call it a, a, a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> a glitch. Literally. Like, yeah. that, it's the same connotation. It's literally called an encounter exploit or a daily exploit. <laughs> I'm not talking about fighters here, but good God. Yeah, that's that's honestly the body of the primary criticism that I've heard people have for 4th yeah. edition is the uh, encounter powers or encounter exploits and dailies yeah. and shit like that. Because I've heard that it really does basically streamline in everything into like, once you're a high enough level, you as a fighter or you as a cleric don't differ very much from your party members who might be spellcasters or any other class. Right. Exactly. Again, I've never played 4th edition. I have never seen this in action, but that is the body. From of what I've been told, because of these encounter and daily spells and powers, every class is basically the same at that point. Yeah. yeah. It just, and it just made it bad. It just doesn't feel like you have options anymore. It just feels like everyone's doing the same thing. And it like, adds to the monotony that sometimes comes with Streamlined D&D. Yeah. Yeah. So jumping in, we have devoted clerics, which are basically just the buffing and healing clerics. Your support class. Yeah, right. they are just strictly their supports. They focus more on healing spells and spells that will buff up the party to enhance their fighting abilities, basically. They're the character you play if you hate yourself and you also want to hate your friends by the end of your <laughs> campaign. Yep. Because they follow wisdom, charisma, and then strength as their main abilities in that order. Which I mean, that 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 one makes, makes sense a, to yeah, me. that one yeah. makes more sense. The whole like not throwing constitution is like maybe your third highest for the battle cleric kind of gets me, but whatever. That that suggested stat path at least makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. for the devoted. Yeah, like I, I just feel like the battle cleric needs to be reworked. more. Yeah, more constituted. <laughs> We're just burned at this point. No. <sighs> It's fine. Um, Channel Divinity has now been introduced. 
Uh, um, did that I'll, have pretty much the same effect early on? Yeah, pretty much, except you could use Channel Divinity once per encounter rather than, like, twice daily or, or twice equal per to... short rest or equal to cleric level. Right. Yeah. So Times it's like you can use this yada yada. Channel Divinity once per encounter. Which might seem like too much, but I guess it depends on how often you're having encounters. Or, like, what specifically you want to use Channel Divinity for. Yeah. Or what yours is, which is essentially just for clarification. Channel Divinity is a specific power that you can use based on your clerical domain, right? Yes. Um, yes. So, for example, a nature cleric could use their Channel Divinity to talk to animals and plants, for example. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you say, when you, like, realize how different they are from, like, domain to domain, like, it's not necessarily that OP to have once per encounter. Yeah, I think it really just depends. Because, again, I've never played a cleric, and I've never specifically played a cleric in 4th edition, so. Because I've never played 4th edition. So, let's see. Um, Once per encounter, you can invoke divine powers to use your channel divinity power, filling yourself with the might of your patron deity... With the divine might you invoke, you can wield, you know, special powers such as like turn undead and divine fortune. And so, yeah, it kind of just depends on what domain you have. It gives you a specific channel divinity, but you can use it once per encounter. So it's like, cool. I can just constantly use this. Thanks. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Us talking very like carefully and like thinking like this isn't quite as op as it sounds travis stupid stupid they introduced something called healer's lore in fourth edition well there's one of those words i like yeah which basically allows a cleric to use or allows a cleric who uses a healing spell that has healing as its keyword i don't even understand why there would be a difference but okay (laughs) add their wisdom modifier to the hit point total that they heal for. I mean, okay. actually, you're you're wrong about that. Healer's lore is what you call your backstory when you have a cleric. (laughs) (laughs) This is my healer's lore. This is my healer's lore. His parents are dead. Because everyone's parents are dead. They also introduced healing word, which you can use to grant extra, like, resilience to your party members. Isn't that... Okay, wouldn't that healer's lore basically just buff healing word, though? Because everything else is, like, cure, you know, cure wounds, right? I didn't look at the healing spells for 4th edition because uh, it was, like, burning my eyes to read about 4th edition. (laughs) And also, that's a lot of really specific things. But, like, it's... Also that, yeah. But it's like cure cure wounds, cure serious wounds, that kind of thing. So like wouldn't that just be a buff to healing word? Literally just feels like a buff to healing word. Which already yeah. which I mean could use it because healing word sucks, but um they anyway. gain I don't know how it would work, but yeah, that sounds like a just a buff to healing word explicitly. It's kind of what it sounds like. There might be some other healing spells that have healing as its keyword, but whatever. Eh, who it's knows? fine. Um, they gain Ritual Caster as a bonus feat, which allows them to cast rituals. Yeah. Um, they gain a ritual book that has two rituals that they have mastered in it. There's the Gentle Repose ritual and then one other one that the player can choose. Again, didn't look into what it does. Gentle Repose is basically <clears throat> like prevent, uh, it prevents someone from being, uh, turned undead and it uh, prevents them from uh, being resurrected. It, it, as long as it's the same in 5th edition. Okay. Um, well, here you go. 
It oh, no. quintuples the time that the corpse can lie dead and still be affected by raised dead or a similar ritual. Oh, I knew that spell in okay. Pathfinder. <clears throat> so, like, I knew that as a spell in Pathfinder. It is different from 5th <clears throat> edition. Yep. Uh, it can also protect the corpse from... Being turned into a zombie. Yeah, being raised as an undead creature for 150 days. Okay, oh, so maybe it is the same. I don't know. I th- I think I think it might be the same. Um, this also apparently has a key skill heal. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> we Travis just... and fifth edition or fourth edition. Let's get you out of fourth edition. Uh, there's still a few more things I have to Aww. pick through here. Um, they still pick deities to devote themselves to, but their DD does not directly grant them powers in fourth edition. What? What? How does it work? How does it work? So it what does says, it all mean? It says the ordination or investiture as a cleric grants them the, avil- the ability to wield divine powers. So it's not the deity, it's the church it's the church the organized religion the the bureaucracy of the clerical system (laughs) oh man okay so it's kind of what a bad take that's a bad take or or alternatively it's a okay Um, a cleric holding or wearing their holy symbol can add their enhancement bonus to attack and damage rolls of cleric powers. They can still use their powers and everything without a holy symbol. They just can't add their enhancement bonus. So wear your holy symbol. Yeah. Always much. wear your holy symbol. Um, healing word is a class feature along with channel divinity. So no matter what like you choose as far as like deity or domain you get healing word and channel divinity as a class feature okay yeah so your cleric's always going to be a healer a little well bit. not not always going to be a healer like that's not the that's not always the niche they're going to fill in the but party but they're always going to have the ability to heal to heal yeah which feels appropriate it's fine somebody's got to do it yeah i mean someone probably needs to do it but you know and finally, we get to fifth edition. We were finally out of the forest. We're out of fourth edition. I've left that behind. Um, and Never f- to revisit it again until the next time. Until, until next like time. three weeks from now. Yep. Uh, in fifth edition, gods give the powers to Yay! the cleric again. <laughs> Stuff that makes sense <sighs> because clerics are. Chosen to fulfill a high calling. Yeah. In 5th edition, basically. And there's not actually a whole lot of information regarding, like, a whole lot of differences in 5th edition for clerics, because it all kind of got streamlined and... Refined. Refined, and it's all the same, just a whole lot better, I guess. It's very similar. Um. So, like, streamlined in the sense of, like... It's less cumbersome or streamlined in the sense of everything it, Everything is, like, overly similar. It's less cumbersome. Okay, because, like, I mean, we were just talking about how streamlining in the sense of everything is way too similar and eventually everything plays the same is... Yeah, it's, it's less cumbersome in this case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, their powers rely on devotion and, you know, intuitive sense of their deity's wishes... They rely on melee training to fight up close while they're, like, wielding the power of their deity. Okay. For magic. For For magic. magic. 
Um, clerics usually pick up adventuring because their god tells them to, more or less. Their god kind of sends them on like a, hey, you need to go take care of this. And they're like, okay. And then they go. <laughs> okay. Go hang out with these people. They need it. They fucking need your They help. need help. <laughs> Please. They steal things so much. You need to help them. They, they're going to, like, they need your help, both in this world and the next. They are, they're so bad that when they die, which they're going to die, they're going to go to hell. So you need They're to, they, going to immediately go to hell. They will not be allowed to pass go. Or collect 200 gold. They will die. And they will go to hell. <laughs> uh, they still have the D8 hit dice. I'm sorry. Hit die. I always mix those up. It's fine. It's fine. Um, they still have the ability to use simple weapons as well as light armor, medium armor, and shields. Can they not use martial weapons? Uh, no. I thought clerics could use martial weapons. Nope. Oh, wow. That might know. be a special feat that you can take. Uh, that, I believe, is what it is. Yes. Because oh, I've okay. definitely like run into some 5e clerics that could, but I, I'm guessing it's because they had a feat. Yeah. Or, I mean, like, you can use weapons outside of your what you actually are trained in, but you don't add your proficiency, right? Yeah, you don't add your proficiency proficiency bonus. If yeah, so like it. you could hypothetically use like if you yeah, like you could use a better sword or what the fuck ever. You just wouldn't add your proficiency bonus, which if, after a while would make it hard to use. Yeah. yeah, which I also believe in fifth edition that depending on what deity you choose, you gain proficiency with their favorite weapon. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, there's uh, always that ability too. So if you choose a deity that has like a warhammer as their favorite you, weapon, favorite mm-hmm. weapon, you gain that proficiency just out of just the, like of religious like reasoning. Reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Um. They still have wisdom as their main ability for their spells and their saving throws, all of that lovely stuff. Right. They have ritual casting, which in this allows the cleric to cast any spell as a ritual as long as it has the ritual tag and they have that spell prepared. Yeah. Which I believe in 5th edition, you can cast anything as a ritual. It takes 10 minutes and it doesn't expend a spell slot when you do so. Correct. So they have the ability to do this as well as I'm pretty sure almost any other... Druids can. Wizards can. Wizards can. Sorcerers can if they take a feat. And I believe warlocks can if they take a feat and maybe bards. I think everyone else has to be able to take the feat, has to take the feat in order to yeah, get okay. Yeah, so they're probably the only ones that can do it without taking that feat. Well, and no, druids, oh, and and druids. Wizards. And wizards and wizards, I think. It, it's definitely one of the arcane spell, like the main arcane spellcasters. Yeah. And I think it is wizards. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I know that they can do it. I just don't know if it's a feat. Ah. Because I've never played a wizard. Yeah, me neither. I played an arcane trickster, which is wizard light with flips, but mm. which is just, I mean, but I, I would have never also, like, I never thought to really fuck around with ritual casting because it wasn't, like, a, a big deal. Yeah, so like, whatever. most of the time. But, like, I guess if you're, like, using a ritual before, like, if you need to use a big spell before you enter a battle and you want all of your spell slots, that would make sense. Or if you don't want to burn your spell slot after the fight to identify the cool amulet you took off the guy. That's going to be ritual casting. (laughs) So they have the more, you know, streamlined domains, knowledge, light, life, nature, tempest, trickery, or war that they can choose from. Right. uh, Based on their chosen deity. They get domain spells now, depending on which domain they choose. 
you always have domain spells prepared. That's something that clerics like never have to specifically state. Right. Whatever domain spells they have access to, they're just extra, always prepared. Extra always prepared spells. Yes. And on the note of comparing wizard or sorry, clerics to uh, other classes, I believe druids and wizards work the same way. Uh, their class or school or school or their school or domain s- or circle spells are always prepared. Yep. Channel divinity is still like there. Right. You have uh, turn undead as one of your things you can use. And then the other channel divinity you can use comes from whatever domain you choose. So in this case, let's say you choose knowledge domain, you get the channel divinity ability knowledge of the ages. Ooh. You can use channel divinity to tap into a divine well of knowledge as an action. You choose one skill or tool, and for 10 minutes, you have proficiency with the chosen skill or tool. That's pretty freaking cool. That's at second level. You get another access that's called read thoughts at like sixth level. You can basically read the creature's thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can then use your access to the creature's mind to command it. With oh. that, apparently. Oh, no. Oh, dang. As an action, choose one creature that you can see within 60 feet of you. The creature must make a wisdom saving throw. Nothing happens if it succeeds. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. If Being it fails, air. you can read its surface thoughts. And when it is within 60 feet of you, the effect lasts for one minute. During this time, you can use your action to end this effect and cast the suggestion spell. But, you know, very obviously, I'm not going to go through all the different channel divinities that you can get. But every domain offers a different, well, two different channel divinity uses as well as turn undead. Yeah. Which I didn't note earlier, and I believe it was in starting in like second or third edition. Turn undead can be used to just completely destroy undead creatures if they're weak enough compared to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they're like at a certain like hit die, they'll just they'll just disintegrate into Mm -hmm. nothingness and die and die die. again. (laughs) Die again right now. But yeah, that's uh, that's what we got with our lovely, lovely clerics and their whole adventure through the white box set to now to now. And to possibly anything that they might come up with in the future, which we'll cover when that happens. Yay! See, I feel like for for what I would imagine is the case for some other classes, I feel like there weren't a whole lot of super major changes. No, I feel like there were kind of more subtle changes than anything as time went on. That interesting. Until you hit fourth edition, and then it just kind of burned, and then you got back to normal. Yeah, they took a hard left turn somewhere, and then they got back on the road. God, they took a hard left turn. I guess if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, And yet they tried. Well, they tried in fourth edition. They tried that with a lot of things. They tried a lot. They just tried a lot of things. God, I know. Fourth edition was was fourth edition was fourth edition, and I apologize to anyone that like that is their favorite edition. But why? <laughs> Nostalgia. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's some. I mean, like I said, fourth edition, I feel like did a good job with Dragonborn. Yeah, um, there's one point for them. Like, okay, here's Taylor, it's time for Taylor's opinion. <laughs> Our there favorite are, side segment. Yes. There are probably a lot of things in 4th edition that didn't improve Dungeons and Dragons, but not... Like, it's it's hard to separate them from all the things that I... And this is my personal opinion, that I personally just didn't like about 4th yeah. edition. 
And like we're not we're not saying that at any point you can't sit down and play fourth edition and have a good time, which is the point of Dungeons and Dragons. Right. It's just that, you know, I personally think that a lot of the balancing was not balanced or too balanced. Yeah, to the to the point where everything became like the same. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's just not how I want to play my games. It's fine. Anyway. So, <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I, I know we hate on 4th edition a lot. Thank you for listening to our 4th edition hate cast. But more and than our- that, it was really fun to hear about clerics and like see how how many changes that came over time. And how many did and how much remained the same. Yeah, like, I mean, that's one of the really interesting things about doing this podcast is ha- like seeing, yeah, a lot of stuff has changed, but... A lot of stuff has stayed the same, too. Yeah, saying what stuck around. Yeah, yeah and then was... you just, like, you have the same thing, but it's got, like, the very minor, like, tweaks to it that they've, mm-hmm. like, well, this didn't really work last time, so if we change the wording around and it kind of mm-hmm. fixes it, oh, nope, that made it worse. Or, yeah, or throw that out next time things. and try it again. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was that was cool. But, again, thank you guys so much. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you <clears throat> desire to follow us. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Help us continue to grow. We are so thankful for the amount of, like, progress we have made. And it has inspired us to actually pursue a second podcast. And just thank you guys so much. Yeah, if you uh, enjoy what we do here, um, consider not only supporting us on our Patreon, Dungeonpedia, but also checking out that second podcast, which is Projectile Dysfunction, where we play with our friend Jacoby. Woo! It's live, y'all. It's so yay! It's live. I mean, it's been live, but like, it's still live. And I edit that one, and let me tell you guys, it is a labor of love (laughs) and stress. Yeah. Um, If you have anything that you would like to suggest as a topic for us to cover, you know, feel free to uh, send us that little email or big email. Medium email, you know, whatever. any sized email, any, any sized email is fine. Uh, email us at dungeonpedia.podcast.gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys, receive suggestions. It takes quite a bit of thought process away from us whenever we get suggestions because we can just be like, yeah, I'll just do this instead of thumbing through 50 years of D&D stuff to figure out what we're going to actually research. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you once again for listening to this episode and we'll catch you next week. Here on Dungeonpedia. Hey, hey guys. What? Turn undead? Turned undead. Oh my god. For your party cleric. Get turned.